Chad and Zay. Yeah, that's nice. That'll get you moving right there. Hour number three on a Wednesday. Chad and Zay. This time tomorrow, we'll know exactly who the Longhorns and, for that matter, Aggies, Hogs, Bulldogs, Crimson Tide, who everybody's going to be playing in 2024 in a new expanded SEC. More on that coming up. More football talk, basketball talk as well. Uh, I'm Chad Hastings. He is Isaiah Collier picking out a beat to start every third hour. I like this one, Zay. What do you got? Classic 90s R&B jam, Next, with Too Close. Very inappropriate song, but they found their way around it, and it was really catchy. Next, like N-E-T- N-E-X-T? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. They weren't big for a while, but they were big for a little bit. This sounds like it could get inappropriate. Oh, yeah. In a good way. Oh, yeah. This is one of those, like, if I'm in the coma, play this first, and we'll build up to other things, but this gets you moving. Yeah. It's like a mild get you moving kind right, of song. It's a good groove. Yeah, this is day one. When you decide, hey, should we unplug, Chad? I mean, seriously. <laughs> if it's if you go through five days, if you tell yourself, hey, we're going to go through five days of this. Chad's a music guy. Let's build up to music. So day one, play stuff like this. See if we can get me moving there. Then as we get through day two through five, then we'll get to some other stuff. Like this, the Iron Maiden and right. Tom Petty and we'll get to the that. go-tos. Yeah, don't, don't start with Iron Maiden. You don't want to freak the hospital yeah. staff out. Let's start with some next and <laughs> see what happens and just see. Oh, like, man. Who is playing baby-making music in the oh, hospital? It's some, some serious baby-making music. What is Please ha- believe me. What is happening? All right, uh, get that next beat to start the hour and a lot of football talk out there. We'll get back to some of the SEC discussion and the scheduled stuff for tonight in Why Today Matters. We wanted to hit a little NFL here. Zay, I'm a Cowboys fan who understands that I root for a team that is the biggest circus maybe in all of sports. So I know they're going to talk. I wish they wouldn't as the old man fan now, but I know they're going to. And if it's got to be anybody, I will allow 11 to say stuff because I think he's the best player they've got. Micah Parsons is a stud. I'll let him say things. And here we go. One more Micah Parsons comment that people are getting on, you know, that people are maybe taking and running with. Yeah. And this is mild. I think this just shows confidence that you need going into this next season. And he's actually right about what he said in this statement. Micah Parsons told the athletic, you just feel it in the room. Everybody is like, this gotta be the year. I'm hoping we go all the way. So that's different than saying, I hope we could be like the 2000 Ravens mm-hmm. and win Correct. games with our defense. Yeah, that's yeah, completely yeah. different. Right. Like when he's throwing out iconic defenses like that, that's when you're like, all right, Micah, slow your roll, bruh. Mm. But this is this just shows confidence that you need from your leader and best player. And he's right. The addition to Brandon Cooks, the addition to Stefan uh, uh, Gilmore, like that's those are big time gets. And with what yeah. we saw with the defense last year and how Dan Quinn was pushing all the right buttons and the additions that you have in the offseason and the draft. I dig Micah saying this. It's also if we want to get technical, he said you can feel it. And I would ask the follow up. Are you saying you can feel that it's the year or are you saying you can feel that others think it should be the year? That's two different discussions. Either way, I get like you said, the energy, the confidence, that's cool. It's weird to me 
that this group has confidence when you're changing your play caller, offensive coordinator, and not offensive well, offensive system in a way, not full system, but things will change there. And you lose a running back. And you know, there's certain things that are going to be different. But um, certainly he's he's confident. I guess he has a right to be confident. I don't I'm just a believer in you you're already the Dallas Cowboys. You don't need extra pressure. So please stay away from actual bulletin board stuff. I didn't love that Ravens defense comment. I think you're yeah. right though. This is this is on the more the mild side of there's just a confidence in the building that, you know, now I don't know what's making him think, hey, this needs to be the year. Like what's the what is it that's giving you that feeling? I mean, you know, as good as Stephon Gilmore has been throughout his career, he don't got many years left. Maybe that's it. Yeah. And there's a lot of other guys maybe like that, especially with that offensive line. Like a lot of those guys, mm. they're in their last years too. Maybe Tyron maybe he saw Tyron Smith walking by wearing like nine different braces right before he said <laughs> that's that. That's what I'm saying. Dude, there's not much time. My God. Like Zach Martin, he was always first team last year. Like, come on now. So the clock is ticking for some guys, and when you know and you have all that talent in the locker room and all those things that you said that are changes, Chad, from their offensive coordinator to new play caller to losing Zeke, a lot of people think those are positives. Like, we needed to get rid of Kellen Moore. Now Dak could be True. good again. Zeke Elliott was holding us back, like, getting rid of him. We brought in another guy alongside C.D. Lamb where Michael Gallup – He's not a number two. Yeah, and you helped yourself with the cornerback that you mentioned right. with Gilmore. So maybe you look at it as a you cut dead weight. Yeah. You got rid of, yeah. So, I, I mean, I, I dig it. You got to say something. You can't say, oh, I mean, we, we got no chance. Like, they ask them how you feel about this season. I'd rather hear, yo, we're feeling good. We were one game away from getting to the NFC Championship. If Dak would have made a couple of decent throws, if Tony Pollard wouldn't have had his leg snapped back, and who knows? Yep. You know, who knows? But you want to have weapons, so many weapons, and your coach and staff has to be all on the same page to where if those things happen, like we saw against San Francisco, you could get over it. Yeah, I I get what you're saying. I, I guess I'm looking for a little bit of a – uh, just a little bit of modesty in terms of, hey, the NFC champions are in our division. We got a lot to deal with before we get to all of that. So we got to go. I mean, Crash Davis. We got to go one day. We got to go one week at a time. You guys are gonna h- hate hearing me saying that, but we have to play the NFC champions twice, and they got better. So our focus cannot be. Way in the we can't we can't be focused on a divisional round trying to get to an NFC championship game. We got to be focused on all of it. You think you think Philly got better losing offense and defensive coordinator, losing Miles Sanders, even though they brought in Swift, losing Hargrave to San Francisco. You think Philly got better? I think through that draft they did get better. Okay, yeah, through that draft and the fact that the coach, the head coach, stays the same. Right now that you're right about to bring up about the coordinators, that's fair. Um, I think with still with that head coach there, yeah. I think, they, I think they at least deserve the respect of not thinking you just get to stomp through that division. 100%. They definitely deserve the respect. But we've seen in recent years that team that loses in the Super Bowl, a lot of the time they don't even make it back to the playoffs. You're right. Well, it's a tough place to be. It's tough. Yeah. 
And maybe that's part of it, too. Maybe that's part of the energy that Micah's talking about. Hey, like I said, Eleven gets to say stuff. Right, right. He does. He gets to say stuff because he is a badass. So we'll see if that defense can be as badass as he's been. Uh, Cowboys obviously getting ready for their season. We just saw the NBA season end with the finals. A historic win for Denver. Got there first. Did it in five. Historic numbers for for the uh, the Joker as well as Murray. And Zay, you wanted to talk about Jamal Murray specifically. Specifically today, he is the you know Kobe to Jokic's Shaq in this discussion here. So for you as a basketball fan, how much of a step did he just take by adding that first ring? A big one, a big one. I mean, we've seen recent NBA that there's usually a big three, and you can't really say that with the Denver Nuggets. Like, there's a big two, and Aaron Gordon, as good as he was, Michael Porter Jr., as good as he was, Bruce Brown, Contavious Caldwell-Pope, etc., there's not no true big three like a Dwayne Wade, Chris Bosh, and LeBron James, or Kevin Durant, you know, um, Clay Thompson, Steph Curry, even Timmy, Manu, Tony. So they got like doing, two in a horn section. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. What he's doing is really impressive. And he's the only player in NBA history to have the most points in a single postseason with zero previous All Star selections. He's never made an All Star team. Oh, ever. that's now that's a great little stat. Most total points in a postseason. Yes, and he's done it twice in the bubble. He did it, uh-huh. and then this postseason, 2023, went in the finals, he did it. And number three is Rip Hamilton, 2005. And then we know Rip started getting those all-star uh, appearances years later. But, yeah, Jamal Murray has zero, which takes me to this conversation of top point guards in the NBA you'd rather have over Jamal Murray. Okay. So let's go down the list. Let's start with the best. Luka, which... Some people don't consider Luka a point guard, but the ball's always in his hands. But he's daggum 6'10", not even close. I take Luka over Jamal. Take Luka, okay. Steph Curry. At this point of Steph Curry's career, going on 35, even though he's a cluck holder, um, I still take Steph. I'm over might, Jamal. Ooh, I might take Murray there. And that's, see? That's, that's what I'm saying. That's tight. Honestly, because of Curry's age, I'd have that discussion. On the other one, by the way, because I'm a stickler for defense, I'd still have the discussion. Not that Murray's the best defensive player on earth. He's way better than Luka, though. Yeah, and it's kind of like – But I get what you're saying with Luka. Like putting both Steph and Luka on the Nuggets right now, what would have happened? I think they would have won like pretty easily like yep. Jace, they just did. You're right. So, and if I put Jamal Murray on those Dallas teams or that Golden State team, I don't know if he'd be able to do the same thing as Luka and Steph. So okay, that's, no, that's fair. I, you know, I, I see what you're saying. Um, I think Jamal Murray's better than Kyrie Irving. i take him over Kyrie Irving. I definitely would, mainly because there's yeah. all kinds of issues there, but more consistent. Yeah. A more consistent player night in, night out, and I don't have the hassle. The of headaches. The headaches and the locker room and the, I just know he's going to say something stupid right. and distract <laughs> the whole thing. <laughs> Might not play, right. might not show up. Just decide not to play. Yeah. yeah, all kinds of stuff. Yeah, you know, and if it was if it was just hoop, I'd probably take hell, I don't even know. I mean, both guys have had injuries throughout their career, but seeing what Jamal Murray did off the ACL, we know Kyrie's had all those injuries. Hell, he only played eleven games at Duke before being the former number one pick, but you can't you you can't not look at 
what he does off the court. Jamal Murray has no problem. Well, he had that one problem where, you know, he got called on social media where his girlfriend gave him a mouth hug, but that's a different story <laughs> every day. I, the negative negativity that Kyrie Irving brings to the table, it should be Jamal Murray by a landslide. Damian Lillard, mm. this is where it gets tough. Boy, that's an interesting question. Because it's kind of – with same with Steph, Damian Lillard's up in his 30s, probably about to be around 34, mm. 33. Jamal Murray's 27. I if I put Dame on that Nuggets squad, they might have won it, but would have been like how Jamal Murray did it. God, can you imagine if if Jokic is passing out to Damian Lillard? See, that's the thing. Like Dame's Dame could do everything offensively that Jeez. Jamal Murray can, and his range is deeper. So. <sighs> But you just know, like, how many years does he have left at this level? You know, if we're talking about next year, if we're talking about next year, I'll probably take Dave. If we're talking about the next five years, Jamal Murray. Yeah, long term, based on what I just saw, Murray. Murray. But for one crazy run, Lillard. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I agree. All right, a guy that was first team all NBA this season for the Oklahoma City Thunder, Shea Gilgis Alexander. Mm. This is... This is the toughest one for me. Yeah? I love SGA. I think he is so cold. He averaged 30 this year, but a big reason why he averaged 30, who they got? Josh Giddy's cool after that. Bitch, you couldn't name another player on their squad. Uh, James Harden, <laughs> Kevin Durant, and Russell Westbrook. Those brothers all gone. Been gone. Did you already say Holmgren? You already no. took home, did you take Holmgren from me? I, I, nope. Didn't take Check Holmgren. Holmgren. Okay, there we go. Big Holmgren. He didn't play at all this season, but you got it. You said on the roster, right? On the roster. Yeah, the roster. there we go. There we go. Um, okay, so tell me, play the, play the same game. If you put <sighs> Gilgis Alexander on that Denver team and he gets to take advantage of Jokic and those other guys, what is he? How, how close is he to Jamal Murray? Pretty close. Jamal Murray, like – that's the thing, playing alongside Joker, all those dribble handoffs and, you know, inverted pick and rolls and stuff. I think SGA would thrive too, but SGA doesn't have the range and the three-point ability that Jamal Murray does. Yeah. So they're both around the same size, 6'5", six, 6'6", six, six, bigger point guards. That's a coin flip for me. So you think about the greatness here. I always try to have this weird discussion with myself. If you say Jamal Murray had 10 assists or more in the first four finals games, and no one else has ever done that. Nobody. Are you arguing that someone else would have done that because of Joker and the rest of the team, or do we have to give him specific credit because no one else has ever done that? you got to give him a specific credit. That's where I'm trying. It's like I remember the early run of Kobe. A lot of people looked at Kobe and thought, well, Anybody out there with Shaq is going to – and you kind of wanted to stop him. Like, wait, wait, hang on, stop. No. That kid's pretty damn special in his own right. It's it's weird to say that because then you're acting like, well, it could be anybody. Yeah. We could have just grabbed anyone and put him out there. Spe- I don't think it's true. Especially because on the east side during that time, what Tracy McGrady was doing, that made that conversation – a lot deeper. Like, okay, mm. T Mac, if T- you put T Mac with those Shaq teams, I think T Mac would have done the same things. I thought T Mac was that good. Okay. But, but did he have the same but did he have the same mentality Kobe had? He definitely was did. he that same but, guy. But, but, you he, know? but he, he had the injuries though. So we, he wasn't that crazy. Like Kobe Kobe was nuts. Yeah, it's true. Like back 
crazy. Yeah, that's true. He was flat. You didn't have that, which probably put Kobe above a lot of people. But talent-wise, T-Mac was right there. But, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I feel you. Uh, SGA, Jamal Murray. Jamal Murray's going to get the nod because he has the ring now. Yeah, now see, that's the thing. It's, it feels so different, doesn't it? How one game, I know it's one game out of five, how that changes stuff. You start adding those rings into the discussion, it changes stuff. But SGA was an all-star and first-team all-league, but the regular season and the playoffs is so different. It's such a different game, and I hate that, but it'll always be that way, especially with the 82 games. So let's go through this. I know we're on time. Trey Young, easy. Jamal Murray. And I love Trey Young. As much as big of a hater I am of OU, that dude – he, he's really good, but I'll take Jamal Murray. Mm-hmm. John Morant, I mean, come on. Oh, easily Murray. Jamal, no <laughs> Jamal Murray, same thing with no. Kyrie Irving. Yep. He's an absolute headache. I don't want those problems. As fun as <laughs> John Morant is, I know Jamal Murray, I don't got to worry about him toking the gun around on Instagram. Yeah, I want wins, not highlights and lowlights. Yeah, yeah. And then the last two, Darius Garland up in Cleveland and De'Aaron Fox up in Sacramento. That's easy, Jamal Murray. Murray both times, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I I love uh, Darren Fox was really good this year. In the playoffs, he was really good in that first round against uh, uh, Golden State Warriors. He was really him and Malik Monk, and they were the only guys consistent. And who knows what would have happened if Demontis Sabonis didn't get his chest stopped on. (laughs) Like, Hmm. they might have won that series, but he was a completely different center after Draymond stomped his chest, and that altered that whole series in general and allowed the Warriors to move along. But, yeah, De'Aaron Fox, he's a good player. Just Jamal Murray, he proved to us that he is for real, and he needs to be an all-star in the upcoming years for what he's shown us in the postseason. Speaking of the NBA, remember we're eight days away from the draft. Uh, It is the 22nd Spurs fans when Mr. Wimbenyama officially becomes a San Antonio Spur, and then we'll see what happens after that. Up next, Why Today Matters on this June 14th. SEC schedule stuff coming tonight at 6 o'clock. We'll tell you about some of the rumors out there, Longhorns and what road games they may be looking at, and what big dog in fact, the biggest of dogs coming to Austin, according to multiple reports. Don't move. This is the horn. Chad and Zay. All right, we are rolling through a Wednesday. We're going to get back to some of this SEC schedule discussions. Hey, I do not recognize it. Should I? Yeah. Is that, is that a female voice? Yep. She's hmm. a legend. That's not. No, nah, I don't have it. Any big name I would name it doesn't make sense to me. You got to name them now. I mean, that's not Missy Elliott. That is Missy Elliott. Really? Yeah, man. Wow. It just didn't quite. How long ago? Probably 90s. Okay. Yeah. Timberland and Magoo. I think it's Magoo. Okay. Well, there you Missy go. Missy and Aaliyah. Got to go with the guts. Yeah. Got to go with your gut. Missy and Aaliyah? Missy and Aaliyah. Okay. Yo, Aaliyah special about to drop. Really? Like, story of her life. Yes, Rod Babers. Aaliyah, if she was still alive, oh, here we Beyonce go. would not be Beyonce. <laughs> I know you're from Houston. I know you're a homer, dog. I get it. I get it. I got homerism here in the ATX, oh, in the ATX too, for sure. 
but Aaliyah was special. I'm I, telling you. I love that you're playing this uh, this weird butterfly effect thing in the uh, yo in the hip hop game. Yo, if Len Bias were alive, Michael Jordan wouldn't be Michael Jordan either. Oh, that's a, that was. I stand on that. That was the deep comparison that you threw out the other day. Yo, y'all remember Len Bias coming out of Maryland and yeah. what he used to do to Jordan in the ACC? By the way, I think I mis- misspoke. Not hip hop, R and B. Yeah, yep. R and B. But yeah, right. yeah, yeah, hip hop world R and B. I know what you meant. Not yet. Uh, so Missy Elliott, Pat Benatar, Hart. You got a lot of good female voices today. Get the Guess Who and Scorpions all on the show today. Plus that next beat to start the hour. By the way, speaking of. Young, attractive, and I believe she was a singer. Wasn't Ashanti a singer as well? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. She, she was good in Coach Carter. She's high. Such a pretty smile. She's gorgeous. Love that smile. She looks exactly the same. She's so pretty. She's just a little bit more grown in like the right places. Yeah, she's great. Wow. She's beautiful. Uh, we'll talk Coach Carter and uh, Revolver by the Beatles tomorrow in the two o'clock slot for the album movie swap. But right now, let's go. Why today matters? SEC. SEC. Why Today Matters, brought to you by Sinus and Snoring Specialist. Get sinus and snoring relief with Dr. Daniel Slaughter at Sinus and Snoring Specialist. 512-601-0303 or sinussnoringent.com. Ooh, I'm so excited. I can't even see straight. Texas fans, I hope you're in the same boat. Oklahoma fans, I hope you are excited as well. Heck, if you root for anybody in the SEC, I think it's such an exciting night. Six o'clock, SEC Network. We'll find out those 2024 opponents. Zay, we've been talking through the report that are out there, let's reiterate. Horns247.com and ESPN are the two places I saw it earlier, are both reporting similar things. They're reporting Georgia at Texas. They're reporting Texas going to not only College Station, but Fayetteville as well. And Zay, I'll say that would be, I hadn't thought of it as a combo, but that would really be an interesting statement for the SEC to make. I think it would be kind of fair to all parties. Not that Arkansas is upset that they're coming to the conference. They're not. But there are some Aggies that may still have some feelings one way or the other. But it would give Arkansas and A&M a little bit of early, just kind of a nod of, hey, look, they're coming in. We get it. And y'all know you hate them. What if we let you host them the first year? It's a favor. It's what A&M has been talking about. Somehow they think they deserve. I'm not sure if I agree with them deserving it. I don't agree with that at all. But I understand the logic. I understand the thinking that would be there. Just like I would also understand it tonight, if we find out that game's in Austin, just based on numbers. Last in College Station, we're going in Austin. Even years were always Austin, we're going Austin. Makes sense, don't it? Totally makes sense. I get it if you want to do that. But we've also talked about this idea today of the SEC saying to Texas and Oklahoma you asked for this, and giving each of them a you asked for this schedule that would include, here's the report, Georgia at Texas, as I mentioned, and Alabama at Oklahoma. So to me, Zay, those two things could would lead me to believe that that first house divided, you know, re, rebuild, reboot, will be in College Station. Because yeah. they're going to say to those Longhorn fans, hey, trust us, your big show is coming to Austin it's not about the Aggies. It's about these two-time, maybe three-time national champs. Yeah, man. We've been talking about this for a while. I play in Caldwell, Texas, the Bucky's parking lot. It don't matter. Just schedule the game that we've been missing since 2011 because yep. that's been rough. 
Like, yeah. I, the big part of me is like you. Like, it's been rough. Well, I don't know. I, don't, I didn't have the same therapy you had when it happened because your boy was <laughs> right. still a youngster in the game. But, yeah, man, it's been a tough what are we going now? 14 years? 13 years? We'll go 13 seasons without it, right? Wow. Yeah. Man, that's just way too long. And finally, we're here. We'll know the schedule for sure by tonight. I know there's so much speculation going on Twitter and social media. And some people think they're right. Some people aren't. You know, it is what it is. It's social media. But, yeah, man, I'm just glad we're here. And as long as we schedule the game, everything will fall into place as years go on. Yeah. But, and they'll figure it out. They're going to make some mistakes. Like oh, they, sure. They're they're going to make some mistakes. You can't make everybody happy. And Texas fans have that objective thinking going into tonight. But also know that, like Justin Wells just told us, it could get real. Most likely it will get real because you got to go to Ann Arbor in 2024 mm-hmm. plus this SEC schedule. And I will tell you, Calm down a little bit, knowing that it's a 12-team playoff because I'd be good as the 12 seed. It'd be tough playing against the number one seed, but with the SEC and that brutal schedule you go on, iron sharpening iron, you should be prepared to play whoever that number one seed is as a 12 seed. I don't think they're going to do it like that. want to be 12, 12 versus 5. Yep. And then, okay, yep. so and whoever the 5 seed will be. Yeah, and th- 5 through 8 get the host. Exactly. Whoever that's going to be. You'll be battle tested enough yeah. to where it shouldn't matter, and you know what you're getting into when that game comes. Yeah, that's what's going to be so badass about the expanded playoff. Everybody who lo- who's been griping for years about I want the regular season to matter more. Okay, calm down, because there's going to be a group of teams at the end of the year playing to go from being on the road in a playoff game to hosting that a playoff matters. game, and then there's going to be another group of teams that's trying to fight for a bye week. And then getting to go right to the quarterfinal round. You don't think that's worth fighting for? Right. And Come on. Each team's personality is different. Some teams might thrive off that bye week as, okay, we get another week of rest and we're good. And some teams might thrive off the fact that they played the week before and they're coming in a little bit more, you know, mm-hmm. with some chemistry. Yep. Into a team that might start off a little sluggish because they were waiting on a bye. I, yeah, that's good logic, too. We have that all the time. We, we have that with the NFL every once in a while. Oh, a lot. Right? You get that rhythm, and you feel like, oh, are they better in the rhythm? By the way, Zay, do you happen to remember the score the last time Texas played Texas A&M? Does that, is that something that matters to you? Uh, like, do you remember the – Nah, I just remember Justin Tucker. The score. You just remember Justin Tucker yeah. and the fact that that happened. <laughs> yeah. Uh, somebody just tried to – I believe what they're trying to do is shoot the score to me, and I think they got it wrong. I'm just double-checking here. They texted me. Is that what the score was? Yeah, they were. No, they're right. They're right. Uh, 27-25 is all they texted. Mm. For some reason, it was a different score in my head. I don't remember a lot about that. Yeah, I know you tell. Uh, The details are are weird, yeah. Uh, So those are the reports that are out there for Texas. Also, it has been reported that every SEC team, existing SEC team, will play Texas or Oklahoma in 2024. So we'll look for that. Also remember... The one year, did, I do not look at it as developing a pattern necessarily. I don't know if that's fair uh, because when the SEC went 2012 and 2013, they had to shake some things up and move some things around before they really got to their, their pattern. And again, I think a lot of folks are hoping for that nine-game schedule. Texas people, I think, are hoping for it. I think A&M fans are hoping for it. Oklahoma fans, I think, should hope for that. 
And then there's a lot of other fan bases out there. If I'm a Bama fan, Auburn fan, LSU fan, I'm really hoping for – you're not going to make us just lock into one team every single year, are you? Can't we do the three and then we'll rotate the yeah, other – got to mix it up. Doesn't that make sense? So keep a, an eye out for that tonight. There's also a report that, again, Georgia going to Texas, uh, Alabama going to Oklahoma could be incredible. We'll know tonight – for sure. A lot of rumors out there. My niece who went to A&M just sent me this thing from Barstool. Confirmed! Texas and A&M will play in College Station in 2024. That was from like 12 hours ago. <laughs> it's like, alright, everybody calm down. Yeah, calm down. what you read out there. Everybody's got their secrets. Everybody's got that. And then the other thing to look for, and Craig Way mentioned this earlier today during Light the Tower, we all know Texas is going to need a fourth non-conference game. They're at Michigan. They play Colorado State right now and UTSA at home that's a nice non-conference so far fourth team there and Craig mentioned today what he's hearing is that they are in discussions they've got a fourth team lined up but not an FCS team and they're going to get that probably figured out pretty quick so Zay for you as a Longhorn fan I think that is good news that a it's already in the works but if you can get in and not have that fourth non-conference be just one of those bleh, things the SEC is known for, I think that'd be some pride for Texas fans. Yeah, I'm with it. Yeah, Mary Harden Baylor, here we come. <laughs> oh, jeez. Now, before you go messing into that level, I'd watch out. That group can play. I know they can play. That group can play. I know they can be play. Careful. Be careful. Be careful for your schedule. Still D3. Speaking as a fan of a team that thought Appalachian State was a really good team to schedule, just be careful. Yeah, that's right. Just be careful. Yeah, so I remember when they went to the big house, the Appalachian State team. Yeah, I used to remember when they went to the big house. Now there's another game I remember. Coach crying at Kyle Field at the end, like, what the hell just happened? What just happened? All right, so SEC scheduling will uh, be talked about tonight, 2024 opponents. Also, that's the other thing. I don't know if we're going to get any dates and times. We're way off from these games actually happening. I think tonight we literally just might get you're playing this this at home, this on the road. Maybe. And maybe you get the order of the games. Possibly. But no official dates and times I wouldn't expect. Certainly I wouldn't have guessed times tonight. Maybe we get the dates. That would be pretty cool. All right, coming up, stems and seeds before we get out of here, and we'll get you set up for the rest of the afternoon and evening. Ball Don't Lie is coming up, and we'll tell you who's coming on as a guest tonight with the Wednesday Night Flex Show. Don't move. It's the horn. Chad and Zay. All right, just about done on this Wednesday. Happy Flag Day. Happy SEC schedule night coming up. Uh, we'll uh, cannot wait to see what's going to happen in 2024. Zay, who are we finishing up with? Heavy D and the boys. Oh, I remember Heavy D. Got me waiting. Heavy D and the boys. All right, there's a certain discussion to be had about, you know, does ZZ Top ever think about shaving the beards? And they never did. It really was their signature. Could Heavy D have lost a significant amount of weight? Or did he have to stay at a certain point? Yeah, I mean, it wasn't like he was gigantic. He was a bigger brother, but... Do you think he had a number in his mind where he's like, man, I got to stay here or above, otherwise I ain't heavy anymore. (laughs) Yeah, I don't think he worried about his Quinn Ewers diet. Okay, fair enough. 
All right, so Heavy D and the boys finishing it out. Missy Elliott had Pat Benatar earlier. Hart, the Guess Who, Scorpions, the great next beat to start the hour. And we'll be back tomorrow with a Thursday show. And at 2 o'clock tomorrow, we're going to do the album movie swap. The album is Revolver by the Beatles, which Zay is listening to for the first time. And I checked out Coach Carter last night. Glad I gave myself some time because it's two hours and 17 minutes long, and I didn't realize that. But I did check out Samuel L. Jackson and the rest of that cast. We'll talk about all that tomorrow. Right now, let's go stems and seeds on a busy Wednesday. No stress, no seeds, no stems, no sticks. Brought to you by AV Consultations, 255-8678, or go to avconsultations.com. Again, just reiterating this schedule stuff, I think it's the biggest stories of the day around these parts. Texas fans, reports are that you may be headed to College Station and Fayetteville. We'll see. Reports are Georgia's coming to you. We will see. I like this logic Tuesday that one of our texters brought us, that because Texas and Alabama just went home and home, they won't have Texas and Bama play next year. That makes sense to me. Have have that rotation start the other way. You know what I mean? Right. You just went home and home. Go ahead and take off for 24, and you bring Bama back when it makes sense. I mean, replacing it with Georgia, whatever. Yeah. Sure. Sure. <laughs> yeah, like I can't. We're facing Alabama. You won't have to play them, but you got to play yeah. Georgia. Okay, hey, well, whatever. 6-1, half dozen <laughs> of the other, right? It's only going to be a possible three-time-in-a-row national champion that you're facing. Um, All right, so real quick, Zay, outside of Texas – what do you give me something you're looking forward to? Give me a matchup you'd like to see in the SEC in 2024. Oh, couple teams you want to see get together. I'm good with probably Bama OU. Yeah, that one feels good. Whatever, home and home, Tuscaloosa or Norman, I'll take either one. You think I think ba- that'd be a good matchup. You think they're gonna leave A and M and LSU together next year? Oh man, I don't think it's a priority. Okay, I don't because A and M Arkansas though, do they stay? Probably. I'm interested. Probably to, interested to see about that. Yeah, because LSU, you got to worry about Florida, Bama, and. Who else? Who else hates them? Uh, Auburn. Auburn. See, I, that those three I'd love to see if they preserve those. I'm also seeing this report about Georgia that uh, they're going to preserve some of their stuff, like Auburn. Uh, obviously, they'll play Florida, but that they're going to try to preserve some of that. Maybe even Tennessee, keep the Georgia-Tennessee game going. And then Alabama is supposed to go to Tennessee, according to one of the reports I read today from ESPN. So those are the kind of games I want to keep. That's the thing I love about the, the – the, and another reason that that 3-6 model makes sense to me. Every single year in the SEC, I think we need all those big dog games. And now they get to add the House Divided, Texas OU, and Texas Arkansas. I think that's incredible. Yeah. A, a conference already known for heated, crazy-ass rivals, rivalry games, and you're adding – those three, which I would argue includes the most badass, unique, crazy, neutral site game anybody's ever thought of in Texas OU. What are you thinking your mark and those guys are thinking today for Big 12? I'd call every big-time coach in my conference and just tell them to watch it all and get madder and madder and madder. <laughs> I would. 
I'd tell Aranda. Watch while drinking, too. Dykes, just make climbing, it more dramatic. Yes. Drink, your favorite, drink your favorite beverage and watch. And I'd call him and I'd keep texting him. I'd text him about every five to ten minutes. But they're talking a lot about Texas in 24. Who do they play in 23, coach? Yeah. Because that's what I'd be thinking if I'm these schools. When I show up to media days and stuff coming up, like, did y'all have fun? Did y'all have fun talking about all that? Because I don't know if you remember who played for this conference's title last year, but it wasn't you, and it wasn't you. Yeah. I, uh, I just try to get my coaches as mad as I could. It's so easy to get ahead of ourselves. And yep. I low-key forgot that. Oh, yeah, we got the Big 12 coming up. This, this is what we're literally preparing for this season, oh, the Big 12. Dude, the one guy that's going to be glad when tonight night has passed is Steve Sarkeesian and and also uh, uh, why can't I think of Oklahoma's coach's name Brett, Brett what's his name Brett Venables, uh, yeah, Venables, Venables thank yeah. you those two guys they're going to be glad when it gets passed because everybody else is going to be kind of focusing on that we'll see what it looks like tonight 6 o'clock on SEC Network obviously keep it right here the ball don't lie crew will let you know what's going on in that 6 o'clock hour we might find out that hour about the house divided and all the other stuff Rod, Harge and Patrick coming up Wednesday night flex after that have a safe one we'll talk to you tomorrow